Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. The Lats Factor Podcast. What is up, lacrosse fans? You're watching episode number 169 of the Lax Factor Podcast. Today, we are going to talk about week four of the Premier Lacrosse League. We're going to talk about Friday night's game, the Chrome and the Archers. They played a nail-biter, and then we'll talk about the two games Saturday, and then we'll preview the two games for today. Before I get into it, as always, be sure to like, subscribe, and hit the notification bell if you're watching on YouTube. If you're watching somewhere else, or if you're an audio listener, just share the crap out of this with your friends and your homeboys, and we'll all be good. As always, you can also go to Lax Factor com easy way to support us if you got some extra coinage go to laxfactor.com get yourself a t-shirt we have our branded t-shirts and others as well uh just random lacrosse t-shirts so let's get into it chrome they have managed to knock off the league's best two teams two best teams back-to-back weekends after a tough start to their season uh, great way to start the weekend off on the island overall connor fields he ties things up late in this one, scoring a man-up goal, things ended up tying. Uh, they, they were tied at sevens after this goal. Who would have thought this would have been such a low-scoring game here? Uh, the Chrome, they get a heady timeout with under a minute to play, and that set up Colin Heacock's game winner, his fourth goal of the game. Heacock, he drew the shorty, had to do a lot of work going up that left wing. He goes up the right side from behind, dodges, redodges, three dodges before he finally gets his hands free. It was Dominique Alexander that he had to work over, the short stick defender, but eventually hands free enough from that left wing to put one past Drew Adams, and that's the eventual game winner. The Chrome's defense, they held the Archers to their lowest scoring output in team history. Not a whole lot of team history here, but enough team history that that was an impressive outing for sure defensively. One thing to note here, the Chrome were 0-2 coming into their game last weekend against the Whip Snakes. They beat the Whip Snakes up, and the talk was, well... Is this the Chrome improving and getting better and being good, or is this the Whip Snakes were absolutely gassed and their roster decimated from that Friday game? Rambo was a shell of himself. I don't think he finished the game. He was limping around, had a wrist injury. I'm thinking Zed Williams may not have played at all last weekend in that second game that the Whips had to play against the Chrome. So a lot of people were saying, ah, was this the, the, the case of the, the team that has to play their second game of the weekend on that Sunday playing against a fresh team on that Sunday? Is this a product of that? Well, I don't know, because now both teams are well-rested. They face the Archers on a Friday night, and they beat the Archers as well. So that was a pretty good win here uh, for them. Galloway, he continued to stand on his head uh, between the pipes. He posted 13 saves versus uh, and then put up a 68% save percentage in this game. So that was big. The Chrome defense overall, they should be heavily praised, as no one saw an 8-7 score coming out of this one at all. Uh, and if they did, if you were one of those people who took the under on this and knew you were going to win on that, then kudos to you. You're smarter than me, which a lot, you know, I'm not, I'm not all that brilliant. A lot of people are smarter than me. Uh, Mike Manley, he forced two turnovers and picked up two GBs. Heacock, he puts up those four goals, including the game winner. Rookie action Jackson Morrill continued his run of being one of the most productive, productive rookies. And I'd posit one of the more productive players in the league right now uh, with a three goal, one dish effort in this game. We'll profile uh, Morrill here in a little bit, a little bit uh, in another episode later on. Colin Farrell, 
uh, handled face-off stripe, winning 58% of the draws, which provided just enough extra possessions overall for the Chrome to eke this one out. The one thing that you don't want to do is give the archers more possessions than you get, and the Chrome did a very good job both defensively of stopping the archers when they had to, but also at the face-off X. I, w- I always want to call it X dot. I think they call it the stripe in the PLL. I'm not even sure, but they did a good job of winning the better half of those. And uh, then the Chrome, they improved to 2-2. Two and two. The Archers dropped to 3-1, and one, and the Archers have to play the Whip Snakes today with no rest as the Whip Snakes are rested. So will we see a repeat, as I'm going to talk about later, of the team that, that has the tough game Friday night gets mopped up by the team that has all the rest on Sunday. So we'll see how that goes. Next game that was played, first game on Saturday, Redwoods and the Water Dogs. The over-under for this game was nearly eclipsed by halftime as the score was knotted up at 10s at the half thanks to a two-point goal by Sergio Perkovic to end the half. Perkovic was a monster, two single, uh, singles, two deuces for a total of six goals in terms of what, what showed on the scoreboard. He gets four goals technically, but six goals get put on the scoreboard because of those two deuces that he put up. And then he also put up two assists. So Perkovic going for eight points in this game, which is huge. Uh, I think that actually both of his two-pointers came as the time was winding down. Uh, He scored the one at the half with seconds left on the clock, and then he scored that one at the end of the third period uh, with, you know, 39 seconds on the clock or something like that. Ryder Garnsey, he had himself an impressive four-goal outing, including a nice backhanded goal off a ground ball that he picked up. Uh, I forget who it was, dodged up the right side, turned the ball over right into Garnsey's stick, and he brings it backhanded and sticks it left-hand backhanded going up that right side from behind. Tim Troutner struggled, did not look like the Tim Troutner we're used to seeing. He struggled in cage for the woods over the course of the first half. And Jack Kelly came in to relieve him and put up a solid, a solid, a solid five saves in the win. Great story, too, because uh, I'm going to show a little clip here of everyone congratulating Kelly after the game. Kelly had tore his ACL in the 2018 uh, U.S. like the world games. He was playing for the U.S. national team against Israel. He tears his ACL in that game. He misses the remainder of the world games that year, and then he misses the following 2019 and 2020 seasons as he was trying to battle back and get himself back to game shape and back to healthy. Now back in action for the first time, he comes in in relief. A Troutner plays really well. His team picks up the wins. Hugs for everybody. <laughs> I'm not crying, you're crying kind of stuff. So that was pretty sweet. And note, Troutner wasn't the only goalie that got pulled in this game. Uh, Ward ended up getting uh, getting the bench before the end of the third quarter as well. So Troutner not alone. Both starting keepers got yanked. Both starting keepers didn't look great, weren't seeing the ball well. And uh, the guys that came in for relief didn't do a terrible job, although we see uh, Kelly here doing a better job picking up the W. Now, the most interesting thing, the most interesting part of this game overall was the tail of the two quarters in the first half. In the first quarter, the Water Dogs, dogs come out and they jump out to a 7-3 lead, you know, and it looks like, oh, man, they might shellack um, the woods here. And then that was capped by Connor Kelly. It was a, what, 5-4 to 
three as Connor Kelly snipes a deep two-pointer. We're talking a two-pointer from 10 to 12 yards beyond the two-point stripe as time expired in the first quarter. Kelly sticks that from deep on poor Troutner, and uh, that makes things uh, seven to three at the end of the first quarter. And then we go back second quarter. We just flip it and reverse it. The Woods go on a 7-3 run, capped once again by Perkovic sticking a two-pointer at the end of the quarter. And uh, that was just a crazy. We have a 10-10 tie at the end of the half. The over-under on this was a wash, which was pretty crazy. Um, in addition to Perkovic's eight points, Garnsey had uh, – Gar- in addition to Perkovic's eight and Garnsey's four, Jules Hennenberg, he's back playing well this year. He goes for three goals and a dish. Turned the ball over a couple of times, but he had a solid game. Rob Pinnell put up a goal and three helpers. Miles Jones continued his trend of being a facilitator first. He puts up four assists in this win. Uh, in the loss for the dogs, Courier. Zach Courier looked good. Dude Dude is just a tough dodger. It, 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 a lot of the points he gets, they're highlight reel goals, not in the sense that they're overly pretty all the time, but even the ones that he's scoring that aren't pretty are pretty in the sense that he does battle and he has to scrap for so much. So I'm a big Zach Courier fan. Uh, let's see here. Kieran McCardle, he goes for three goals and two assists in the loss as well. Not a whole lot of defense in this game. A lot of guys to mention in the scoreboard because they put up points, but not a whole lot of defense overall. Great game though. Cannons and the chaos played the second game on Saturday and, uh, the cannons lost. So not a whole lot to report there, but on the bright side for them, they look good in the first half. And Paul Rabel broke John Grant Jr.'s all-time points record for pro field lacrosse in this losing effort. He only needed two points to tie it, but he ends up going for three goals, three assists in the game, continuing on with his insanely hot start to the season. Uh, and this is the best effort to date. I think he's got a three three-point game. A couple of four-point games, might even have a five-point game, but this was his best output, six points on the day for Rabel. We had ourselves a bit of a scuffle in this one. Uh, I forget who it was, scored a pretty nice dive goal, and the celebration happened apparently a little bit too close to the crease, which offended some people. Pushing and shoving and some punches were thrown. We end up with four players who all got five-minute penalties. They actually didn't put either team down. They stayed 10-on-10 through the penalties, but we had 20 minutes worth of penalties served for that little bit of a scuffle. Sorry, I'm about to sneeze here in your ears. I'm just going to let it ride if I end up sneezing and you're going to deal with it. Ryan Smith, Robert Morris kid, rookie, started on attack. I think the last two games, or maybe this was the first game he started on attack. He had himself a nice game. He's got two games under his belt now as a pro. He goes for two goals in his first outing, and he put up three goals and a helper in his win over the Cannons. Great compliment on Attack to the Chaos. He'll never try to do too much, which is key. They need guys that are willing to just play off ball, play their role, especially because they struggle uh, carrying the ball anyway. So you don't want other guys adding to that mix and adding turnovers to the mix. And he's insanely efficient at scoring the rock. Two goals off four shots in his first game, three goals off four shots in his second game. And the chaos, they need that type of efficiency on offenses. They've struggled so far offensively. But on Saturday, they looked really good the entire game. Another rookie that's been playing really well, Steven Rafis. He's been incredible so far this season. He scored this game's first two goals before going quiet. He finished the game with two goals and an assist. That assist that he had was really nice, actually. So far this season, Rafis, he's been one of the Cannons' most you know uh, consistent offensive threats. He put up a single assist in his first game. But in the four games since, he scored seven goals with four assists, averaging just a touch under three points per game over that stretch. And his shooting percentage is also excellent, coming in at 47% off 15 shots for the year. And then yet 
Another rookie playing tough for the Cannons, Mac O'Keefe. He finished the day with three goals and an assist, and uh, he's playing midfield for the first time in his life, and he noted that it's an adjustment. He's had to work harder for sure for his goals. Uh, we've had to see him kind of dodge a little bit more. Maybe that, that like I talk about that two-step dodge, the quick dodges underneath. He's had to do a little bit more of that, but he's adjusting well, I think, overall. He's got nine points, uh, four goals, and an assist in five games. And uh, he's got two two two-point goals as well, so that helps kind of beef up the point total there. Now, the chaos, in terms of their offense, I talked about in the last podcast how it was like watching watching the chaos play offense was like, uh, you know, watching someone get their teeth pulled. Not so in this game. What they proved in this game, and maybe this is just kind of a, a bit of an adjustment to the new members on their roster. As we saw last year, they struggled to get their lineup right. They struggled to figure out that offense. But by the time they did, they go on a run, end up in the finals. We may be seeing a little bit more of that because no one guy for the chaos can consistently murk that one-on-one matchup. But what we saw yesterday was quick dodging and and doing so aggressively. We get a quick dodge in. We bump the ball. Another quick dodge right away off of that. They bump the ball, and they keep doing that, and that's eventually how they end up with guys open on the doorstep. They score a lot of doorstep goals. Josh Byrne, still the team's best overall player, I think, overall, and I think that him initiating some of those dodges, maybe getting Smith to initiate some of those initial dodges and allowing them to bang the ball back around. Sometimes it might go around the world and back to them even, but the goal just is draw that dumb slide. If you're not going to beat guys consistently, it doesn't mean you can't draw slides, and they did a good job of dodging within their skill sets, drawing a slide, and then banging the ball around. They looked much better overall. Um, and then their defense is good enough that if they can put put it together offensively like they did on Saturday, you know, look out for the chaos here overall. As always, Blaze Reardon was great in net, 18 saves, 67% save percentage versus just 10 goals against. So he had a great game as he tends to do here in this league. Max Adler, he also factored heavily as both of these teams were kind of struggling at the stripe coming into this game, and Adler provided an answer for the chaos. He wins 67% of the draws, 17 to 26 on the day with nine ground balls. So that's a good job for Adler at the faceoff stripe dot, whatever the hell we call it here. Uh, today's games, guys, we got the Whip Snakes and the Archers, battle of the three and one teams. Uh, I expect a dogfight. Once again, are we going to see the team that is rested beat the team that is not rested? The Archers are surely a little bit gassed, and the Whip Snakes have had a full week now to recover. I'm going with the Whips, despite the fact the PLL fans on the website went heavily with the Archers. I think we're going to see a trend this year where the team that's playing that Sunday game with rest beats the team that had to play the Friday game. I think we're going to see that quite often, especially where the teams are equally matched like these two are. Why wouldn't the Whip Snakes have a huge edge in this one uh, playing on rest? And then we got the Chrome and the Atlas. Same thing in this one with the other one. Both teams are two and two, so they share a record. The Chrome have already played a tough game on Friday night. Emotional win. The Atlas, they're rested. Jeff Teat coming off a huge second game in the league. But the Chrome's defense is formidable, so I don't expect to see anyone you know get beat up in this one. But I do like the Atlas in uh, by a goal. Another nail-biter here. I don't think we're going to see quite a low scoring of an effort as we saw Friday night because the Chrome's defense is going to be a little bit gassed. But I do think that both teams will be under, under 12. Uh, maybe we have a, a team or two. Maybe they both end up under 10. But I think we'll see a little bit more scoring than Friday night's tilt. So that is it. That is it for uh, the recap for Friday and Saturday's games here. I'm going to get the hell out of Dodge, get ready to watch some more games. Maybe I'm going to mow my yard. I'm not sure what I'm going to do with my time today. Maybe I'll go to Bed Bath & Beyond. I don't know if we'll have the time. Uh, But as always, you can go to laxfactor.com. Support us that way. Buy a t-shirt if you got some extra coin. And if you do not have any extra coin, 
All I ask of you is that you share, like, subscribe, do whatever you can to help us grow this thing, and we will cover more and more and more lacrosse as we go on. So that is it. I will be back. Uh, I'm going to bump. We're gonna. I, I don't want to wait until Thursday anymore to do it. It worked well for the college season because we were putting out a Sunday show after almost all of the games were played. But because we have Sunday games, and I do want to cover those Sunday games, I'm going to bump the show to Wednesday. So it looks like we're going to go Wednesdays and Sundays here. The uh, show will be released in the mornings on Sundays and on Wednesdays through the rest of the PLL season, and I'll let you know at the end of another video if we're going to change that or whatnot. So come back Wednesday. We'll recap Sunday's games, and we will preview Friday and Saturday's games for the following week. Again, thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Come back Wednesday morning, and Hoost is out. Mm -hmm.